Rick Jensen. On 1150 AM, 101.7 FM, WDEL. It seems like all this year, you know, I'm talking about inflation, inflation tax, and especially the cost of gasoline. Yesterday I went to fill up 50 bucks. 50 bucks? It was like 35 last year, right? $50. It's insane. So, you know, on the program, we talk about this a lot, and I read a lot about this to bring information to you to talk about. At the very beginning, people were saying, oh, Joe Biden, Joe Biden, Biden did this, Biden did that. And I said, no, no, I don't believe it. OPEC, OPEC was simply refusing to pump more and more oil for more and more gas and heating oil and all that because they wanted to make up from the losses in 2020. And I still believe that to be true and part of this. But then... Then we see other moves by this administration. Look, stopping the XL pipeline is not going to stop oil production for our country. But it will stop oil production for other countries, right? And that can affect us. But then we learn about other pipelines that do directly affect you. Like this number three pipeline we were talking about. It goes to Minnesota, number five up there in Michigan. And Joe's trying to stop those as well. So you have something else going on in addition to this. You have the futures market. And when the investors are investing in oil futures, they're not just looking at what's going on right now, but what's coming down the pipe, pun intended, because of administration policies. Then I shared with you this extraordinary article by Scott Angel the longest-serving director of the U.S. Bureau of Safety and Environmental Enforcement. Now, he's been lieutenant governor in Louisiana, secretary of the Louisiana Department of Natural Resources, Public Service Commission, Water Resources Commission. This guy knows his stuff. Well, guess what? So, a couple days ago, it turns out that I have an opportunity to talk with the guy and share his knowledge with you. And I thought, yeah, let's do this. So on the phone right now is the man himself, Scott Angel, who's going to lay out how and why we should be producing more of this in America and it would make it cleaner for the world. Scott, thanks for being on the air, sir. Good morning, Rick, and it's, uh, it's great to be able to talk to your listeners. And with this accent, you can tell that uh, I'm from a special place in Louisiana. And today I come to you from the banks of the mighty Mississippi River in a world-class city of New Orleans in the 18th great state of the Union. So, again, hello to all of our friends and Americans in the Delaware area. Which also brought us grilled alligator tails and drive through liquor stores, which is, I think, odd. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know uh, combinations work, you know. Uh, not every combo needs to be a number one at Wendy's or McDonald's. You can get maybe a little alligator tail in a drive through at the Daiquiri, and that's a number four over here. So That's uh, hilarious. A <laughs> number yeah. four. Oh, man. Yeah. All right, so you've been in the energy business, the oil business, all your adult life, it seems. And you wrote at Real Clear Energy that uh, 
According to the American Automobile Association, the average price of gasoline has increased 40% just this year from two and a quarter a gallon on January 1 to $3.70 as of uh, July 19. I was looking at that story uh, from July 26. I know you've read a, written a lot more, but this one, even from July, seems to be very, very pertinent here at the beginning of December. Where do we stand now with the price of gasoline and production? Yeah, so the number's about now 50% since the first of the year. And what's unfortunate is it's an unforced error. This is a supply problem. This is an unforced error. You know, Rick, one of the things that in America, we're never going to have the cheapest labor. That's not who we are. We understand that. But one of the advantages that we've always had is technology, capitalism, and affordable energy. And this unforced era, era of vilifying the American producers, it, it, it's difficult for me to understand how the leadership of our country could be vilifying the American producer and at the same time asking the OPEC producer to give us what we vilifying back home. That's, that's inconsistent to me. That's incompetent. And it's hurtful. And, and, and it's hurtful in a way that shows up to people who are really, really, really uh, on the margins. You know, um, the number one issue in America right now when you poll it is not COVID. The number one issue in America is not Afghanistan. The number one issue in America right now is a care, the concern for inflation, often driven by, by energy prices. And, you know, one important statistic that I think listeners need to know is that we've had six recessions in this country from 1973 to 2019. And each one of those recessions, each one of those recessions will have been preceded by a spike in energy prices. In this modern economy that we've had for 40 or 50 years now, we are, we, as goes our access to affordable energy, so goes our economic performance. That's not debatable. And it makes no sense to take off the table access to domestic resources and beg people who do not share our values to give us more. And, and, and they're laughing at us. No, it's, I it's, agree. It's, it's a joke. I, and, and there's more that we can get into that as well. But first of all, I want to get this, uh, this question answered by you, Scott. And that is this. Joe has blamed OPEC for not producing more oil. I believe that's part of the problem. Uh, he's blamed Vladimir Putin for not pumping enough oil. Why? No, let me ask it this way. What is it that the Biden administration has been doing that's been exacerbating this problem and making gasoline and natural gas and propane more expensive? What have they been doing in addition to OPEC? The number one, the number one issue I think is the pure vilification of an American industry not seen since the days of prohibition. And when you continue to vilify and vilify and vilify uh, producers and business folks who have a choice where they deploy their capital, sooner or later they're going to hear you and they're going to withdraw their capital and hold it close to their vest. And they've done it. I saw here recently where uh, one of the presidents of a very major um, shale producing company in Texas said, you know, don't Americans shouldn't look for us to, to, to solve out this problem because we're scared. We're fearful. Every time we pick up the newspaper, we hear of a new rule and a new regulation. And it's unfortunate because if we really are in this energy transition, and I think we are, and I happen to be one that subscribes to all of the above, solar, wind, uh, oil and gas, uh, all the things that we need to, to, to you know, energize our country. But there's a couple statistics, Rick, that people really need to know. And one of the things they need to know is that, you know, the two things that the experts say drive climate change are carbon dioxide, and the other one is methane. 
And I'm here to tell you, my friend, and I'm here to tell the folks in Delaware and your listening area, that the Gulf of Mexico has the lowest carbon intensity production in America, the second lowest on the planet, and has the lowest methane uh, that is released into the atmosphere. We only release about 1.25% of our produced gas in the mm-hmm. Gulf of Mexico because we have a very robust pipeline system. So in a, in a strange way, uh, we need more Gulf of Mexico oil, not less. And again, don't take my word for it. Very, very important 2016 report. 2016 report come out of the Department of Interior under President Obama and Vice President Biden said this. This is, and, I, and I'm going to be very close to quoting exactly. Uh, that not having a Gulf of Mexico lease sale would cause greenhouse gas emissions to go up because we would have to source our need for oil from foreign sources, often with a higher carbon intensity. That's a 2016 report that came out in November 2016. And yet in you know January of 2021, the first, one of the first actions that this White House did was to pause offshore leasing. And, you know, so this is how I sum up. This is how I sum up uh, our national energy policy for the last year. And, again, when folks go to the gas pump, they're reminded every day about it, right? We've gone from oh, no, oh, no, in January 2021 to OPEC Hmm. in August of 2021 to oh, shucks, oh, shoot, okay? And and where I'm from in the zip zip code that I'm from, Rick, the shoot. It, it, it spelled a little differently. It, it is spelled a little, little differently, different. I understand. You know, yeah. and in addition to this 2016 Bureau of Ocean Energy Management report that you talked about, if you go to 2020, Wood McKenzie, which you have quoted, you have cited in your reporting, they reported at least 73.4% of the oil imported to the U.S. had a much higher carbon intensity than the Gulf of Mexico production. So with all that in mind, I don't understand why is it that he would go to OPEC and Russia and something else here too. So Joe Biden has said, okay, I want to release 50 million barrels from our reserve. And he went and begged the leader of communist China, Xi Jinping, would you please also I beg of you on one knee, release 50 million barrels of oil. He's doing this uh, on the international stage. And yet what I read recently, Scott, is that right now at this time in uh, 2021, I was looking at the uh, actually September reports. We're going through about 19.6 million barrels of oil a day. So that would only provide two and a half days worth of oil in this country, how can that possibly be beneficial to mom and dad who are going to gas up the SUV right now? It's not a solution. It's an insult. It's not a solution. It's an insult. It's not only an insult to the intellect of the American people. It's an insult to the USA energy worker who has for generations put on their hard hats and their steel toe boots, kiss their families goodbye, and set out to help fuel this country. <clears throat> and excuse me, in, in, in my opinion, it is access to affordable energy in the aftermath of World War II that helped build this incredible economy we have. So it's not a solution. It's an insult. And the other thing is the insult is that they said they were going to get the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, to look at maybe there were some illegal mergers between energy companies over the last eight to ten years. And Bloomberg comes back and says, well, yeah, they put that in writing. But Bloomberg, not Scott, but Bloomberg says that was designed to give some political cover to rising prices. 
Yeah, that's, that's, that's got to be politics. By the way, if you just tuned in, I want you to know you're listening to Scott Angel, the longest-serving director of the U.S. Bureau of Safety and Environmental Enforcement, also in Louisiana, Lieutenant Governor, Secretary of the Department of Natural Resources, Chair of the Public Service Commission, Chairman of the Louisiana Water Resources Commission. This is a guy who's worked on all sides of this, mostly on the regulatory side, regulating the oil companies. And he's saying what's happening right now with the uh, with the Biden administration is what's driving up the price of your gasoline. I want to get to one more thing here, too. I was reading recently, Scott, that the Biden administration is also looking at raising the taxes on oil leases, saying it's unfair to American taxpayers that the oil companies are not paying more money in taxes for the oil leases. All right, so from your perspective, what happens to the price of gasoline that we're paying when the government says we're going to raise taxes on these oil leases? Okay, so just to be just to be clear, I think the the the, the word there is they'll raise it royalties, not taxes. Just okay. to be abundantly clear, and, and and you know I get that, but but look, at the end of the day, the the research is very clear. We had an absolute substantial increase in the production in the Gulf of Mexico, both in 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 barrels and in revenue to the federal government when Congress actually passed the Deepwater Royalty Relief Act. In a ways, when we incentivize the production, okay, we actually get more drill bid dollars, we get more jobs created, we get more taxes generated because we got more economic activity. And, in, 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 uh, you know, one of the things that we've done in the last several years, in 2019, I think my memory is that we, we, we generated $5 billion of revenue in royalties. Well, again, companies have choices where, where they drill wells. They don't need to be in the Gulf of Mexico, but the, the, the climate advantage production, we ought to want them in the Gulf of Mexico. We ought to be doing everything we can to bring them into the Gulf of Mexico because for every barrel that we produce in the Gulf of Mexico, not only do we generate re or energy for America, generate revenue, but we make Mother Earth healthier because then, therefore, we don't need to import one of the the other barrels that 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 has a higher carbon intensity. Yeah, they're they're dirtier. It just seems to me yeah. that when you raise the royalties, <laughs> to me it sounds like a tax. But fine, uh, when you raise the royalties, they're going to pass that through, aren't they? I mean, doesn't that? Well, the you know the the market the market will the market will set the price and it will be what it will be. But what is going to end up happening is that if companies you know can't deploy capital in a way that is economic, they're not going to do it. And then you're going to have less production and less production means that we got to go to OPEC even more. And, you know, when you talk about getting on two, getting on one knee to China, quite frankly, I could see the story. I think it's two knees. And while they were two knees, uh, you know, begging China to do what they were doing. Yeah. Uh, I think the, I think the white house was slipping the bird to the USA energy worker and saying, you know, look, uh, we got, we just go on a different route. And it, 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 the facts don't support it because, again, I take the administration at their word that they are interested in, in, a, in, a, in an improved environment. I'm, I'm interested in an improved environment. But I also know, because we've had those six recessions from 73 to 2019, that we have to be all preceded by a spike in energy prices. That a challenge of our generation, Rick, is to make sure that we can improve our environment without wrecking our economy. I yeah. think we can do that, but we got to be smart about it. We've got to have a plan. Let's take a look at what's going on in Europe. It's absolutely insane. And look, the White House is starting to feel the heat. 
Because I guarantee you, they got somebody that wakes up every day at the White House to check on two things, and it's not Russia, and it's not China. It's the price of milk, and it's the price of gas. I promise you, they got folks who are paying attention. And if you, one more thing, when you remember for July 4th, the White House was talking about how the price of a barbecue for an American family was 16 cents less in July of 2021 than it was in, in, in July of 2020. I couldn't believe that we were using time to talk about four weenies and some barbecue sauce and yeah. cost in 16, 16 cents less. Did you hear anything about what it costs for uh, a, a cookout for Labor Day? Did you hear what, you, what it costs for a cookout for Thanksgiving? You didn't hear about that. Inflation is starting to drive Americans to a point where they don't really know what they're going to do. And unfortunately, so much, so much of it is driven by the energy costs. And unfortunately, it's an unforced error. But it's not too late. It's not too late to have a course correction. We just got to make sure that our domestic resources are available to the American people. There you go, Scott. Appreciate this. So there's the Biden administration telling the energy union workers, uh, don't drill oil sands, go pound oil sands. And <laughs> go pound sands. Go yeah. pound oil sands. Right. And the bottom line is allow it to be produced here in America because you're paying about a buck and a half, nearly a buck and a half more per gallon for gasoline. And that can be solved by saying we don't need OPEC, don't need Putin, don't need China to reserve uh, to, to release any reserve oil. Just start drilling here. Scott and Joe, I really appreciate you, man. you got a lot of energy, and I, I appreciate your knowledge and sharing your time with my listeners. Scott is the longest-serving director of the U.S. Bureau of Safety and Environmental Enforcement. And in Louisiana, in addition to being lieutenant governor, secretary, Department of Natural Resources, chairman of the Public Service Commission, chairman of Louisiana Water Resources Commission. This is a guy who's all about enforcement and wants to, of course, make energy, make America energy self-sufficient again. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it, Scott. Thank you, Rick. Have a great day. There's more Rick Jensen coming up on 1150 AM, 1017 FM, WDEL. Hi, this is Merrill Reese. Don't miss this week's Eagles game on WDEL. The Eagles try to ground the Jets. Coverage begins Sunday at noon on WDEL.